the show what a wonderful delight uh, yeah potsy and t-rods better chop up on the mic just sit back have a laugh catch a vibe and enjoy the ride yeah mine says and sarah let me change my name and sarah, yeah. and sarah yeah that's my wife let me change this shit <laughs> she's got zoom calls going how on is this how is this podcast now am i i don't want i don't want to use a potty mouth or what is uh, this you oh, can say you whatever, say whatever you want, want. good Oh yeah, that's what we get in trouble for a lot too. I've cursed so much on like live radio. Yo, yeah. <laughs> People just don't tell me before going on. I just get like too comfortable. Well, nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you. Nice Terrence. to meet you, man. Thank you Good so much for doing this. No, nah, no problem, man. No problem. Yes, I just got a green screen for my podcast. Oh, nice, hey. Jim Norton. So. You know, I'm excited to use this freaking thing. That's the next step for us because I'm tired of looking at this fucking weird yeah, my, thing. <laughs> I'm in my bedroom too, man. You know, yeah. I used to travel. I'm in Long Island, New York, and I used to travel oh, nice. two days a week into Manhattan. And they had a, we had a studio there on uh, 37th Street and 5th. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was cool, man, because, you know, when I was coming up, I used to be in the city, even though I'm from Long Island. I, I that was, My college was the Henzo Gracie Academy in the city there. Nice. And, uh it was reminiscent of my, of my twenties and stuff. Just you know, because two days in the week in the city, that's just about enough for me right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you, man. I, I'm out of the city and I'm kind of. It's growing on me being out in the, in the neighborhoods and the suburbs. It's nice and quiet. Don't have to deal with all that extra bullshit. So, <laughs> where are you guys it. from? Where are you guys from? Portland, Oregon. Well, we're, we're, yeah, we're both from Portland, but he lives in Orlando and I'm in. Uh, yeah, I live in. I live in Florida right now. Yeah, so, so my buddy John Burke, another jujitsu man, I know for a long time. Uh, yeah. yeah, he mm. told me that you're doing this podcast and and everything. So yeah. uh, I said, yeah, man, sure, I'll jump on. What? How do you know John? Are you training jujitsu? Yeah, actually, yeah, I just started taking classes. I'm, I've known John for uh, maybe like a year and a half. I've known him through uh, like our wives and their friends or friends, and then you yeah. know when they get together, we all kind of end up meeting. So I met him like. Uh, a year and a half ago, maybe I want to say through some people. So, um, but yeah, I started getting into like this whole MMA thing again, and yeah, I was like, you know what? Let's, let me start. Let me take some classes. And so I, I hit up John. He's like, yeah, bro, I'm super into that's that's my my field right there. So I've been doing <laughs> that with him, and then yeah, it just kind of took off. And you, T. Ross, you doing any jujitsu or anything? Me? No, my my name is Steven. They call me Potsy. Why the fuck am I saying T. Ross? No, that's because yeah. I'm saying the fucking name. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. No, no. What no, is no, your no. name, Potsy? They call me Potsy. From Happy I was, Days. Um, from Happy I love Days. It. Yeah, I, I was the only uh, white guy in our basketball team in our school. And so it just, yeah, in our whole school. It just stuck. It just stuck shit. somehow. So we said no. some semi racist shit. Like we called him Potsy from Happy Days, and it just stuck <laughs> ever since. And <laughs> hey, so now everybody so calls him that. Yeah, are you guys yeah, on yeah. this? Are you guys on the same team now? And forgive me if I sound ignorant, man. I don't. I don't follow yeah. too many sports. You know. No, no. you're good. No, good. no, no. He he's an NBA. I played a little bit professional in Europe, and then uh, the NBA D League. But um. No, I, I'm out of the sports world now, and I, oh, I'm okay. not taking classes. I wish I was. I'm going to. When I come down there, I'm going to do some classes with him, but yeah, I'm trying man. to get into it. Especially John Burke, man, with at six levels, because it's the, the, you know, jujitsu. Ever since I got done fighting, like I'm 46 now. My last fight was a decade ago, at 36. I haven't sparred one day since. I didn't man. take a punch since. But I do jujitsu. Maybe I still do jujitsu. Mm-hmm like four or five days a week and I'm always there teaching and hanging out and doing and just strangling people. You could do it. I still, you know what it is? I still, I, I, I still feel dangerous as ever and I'm not taking any more uh, withdrawals from the bank. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Let's, um, let's introduce him first. Cause we're, we're getting, I thought we started. Sure. Dude, I thought no, we literally dude, yeah. started. Oh no, we are. We're recording. Oh, yeah. I want to know what the, I, I want the fans to know who you are, you know, cause we got, okay, we got I'm sorry. Are, our basketball players and you know, we got fans that might not know who you are, but yeah, well, we'd like to welcome you. We got a, very special guest today on our show, a UFC Hall of Famer, a former UFC welterweight champion, and the co-host of the UFC Unfiltered podcast, our special guest, Matt Sarah. Hit the, there's no applause button on this fucking thing? No, I'm only kidding. I used, have, I used to have that on my podcast. We have the little soundboard. Oh, so yeah. now we don't have, you know, this is the time yeah. of fucking COVID, so we Crazy. make do. Like I told you, with my podcast, I just... They just sent me a green screen. So, you know. Yeah, fucking dope. We're living in Star Trek nowadays. It's fucking crazy. That's what and, we need. It's a green screen. 
Hey, man, speaking of martial arts, man, where, where'd your love for that begin, man? You know, I, I was like, I was telling you guys earlier, you know, I don't, I don't follow much sports. Like I played as a kid with my friends, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I didn't really follow much sports because my, my father wasn't really that guy to watch like football on Sundays or follow anything, but he did get me into um, like Bruce Lee and, and Kung mm-hmm. Fu. My father did Wing Chun Kung Fu and, you know, all through my, like, my my younger years and my like my up into my in my teens like i'd be doing some wing chun like not so much the forms uh but like like some combat drills like sticky hands and pox outs mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun but you know so he got me into that and he, i watched bruce lee movies and other kids were at little league i loved enter the dragon game of death and that's what i was really into like i liked my father i would say instilled that you know love of martial arts Mm-hmm. into me that's great shit bruce yeah. lee if that's the person to get you into mma hey that's a great start because it turned out great it turned out yeah. great it's funny man like when i did that like I, I i do that the stuff with my father but anytime i got into a real situation like a real fight like as a kid i'd start with like a chain punch you yeah. know like and then and then the second i it's like trapping uh wing chung it's 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 not punching range it's a step closer it's trapping so it's you just a step away from getting grabbed. So I'd start off with something like that. And then I do a double leg just out of instinct. So <laughs> yeah. when I was like, and then end up grappling, you know, yeah. and I, I was like, I only did a couple of years in, in junior high, but I used more of that in real fights as a kid than mm-hmm. I did in any of the Wing Chun at all. So I was like, what's with that? You know, and I, you didn't understand as a kid, it's different. I'm a, I'm a little bit older. I'm 46. I'm sure you guys are a lot younger. How old are you guys, if you don't mind me asking? 29. 29. Uh, 29. Yeah, you, you guys are really young. So you grew up with MMA, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty, yeah. when I was growing up, and, and like, I hate to say, dude, it sounds funny, and your father's, no. But when I grew <laughs> up, like, we didn't know what the fuck worked. You go to a karate mm-hmm. school, they go, hey, you do this, this will this will do this, and those will break his nose. You do this, this will break his knee. And then they had like Jeff Speakman, you had Steven Seagal. You don't know what worked. And then my father showed me at 17 years old, uh, 1991, it was a tape of the Gracie family from Brazil. It's good. If you, you, you should, if you're an Emmy fan, you should look up and get the Gracie in Action series. There's two tapes. Mm. And there might be more, but I doubt. Uh, back then it was two. Gracie in Action. And it was, it was before MMA. It was all fights from Brazil of the Gracie family versus jiu-jitsu versus karate, jiu-jitsu versus boxing. And you see them just – it's basically like worse than UFC number one in a sense where nobody knew what they were doing oh, on the no, floor. Yeah, so sure. style versus style, the jiu-jitsu man would just close the distance, get him down, mount, and just give a beating. Sorry, my family just got over yeah. here, the beeping on the fucking thing. Oh, good. Oh, good. This is what happens. But uh, so I would see that. And as a kid, now listen, every guy in their town or whatever, they got that town tough guy and toughest kid in the high school. And I was that guy. So, I mean, you know, I always thought, like, you know, I could take a black eye and, 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 uh, or, or, or a, a busted lip and keep fighting and whatnot. But uh, I saw these tapes and I'm like, Hey man, if I get mounted by one of these guys or I get fucking my, I don't want my arm broken. These guys can't get out. It was horrifying. It was realistic. And it was real. It was real. It was raw. And when I saw the second tape of the series, I'm like, yo, and that was when they had some just challenge matches. Like you see Hoist Gracie in there and he would be closing the distance and getting these guys down. And, and I'm like, yo, I just, I might be a tough guy, but. I don't want to meet one of those little skinny Brazilian guys and get them, not get them off me. I didn't like the feeling that there was somebody out there that could just kick my ass like that. So I had to learn that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. That's why I kind of got into it because I mean, I used to watch, I used to watch, I started getting the UFC maybe like 2005 and that's when who, like, who was heavyweight at the time? Like heavyweights were like Shane Carwin. Yeah, for sure, like these big, yeah. big, big guys. Like, I remember yeah. Brock Lesnar had a little stint in there. So I just remember that was kind of like the era I saw. And then yeah. I started getting like, and then John Jones started coming up the ranks. And that's who I kind of was like, that's my favorite fucking fighter, this and that. Yeah. And then I went to a couple fights. I went to a couple championship fights. And I sat like really kind of close to the cage. And I was just like, I'm hearing these thumps and these these elbows land and i was just like bro my stomach it was just too much for my stomach and after that i was like i don't know if i can go back to all these fights 
And then, yeah. like, in this uh, during COVID, I was in this NBA bubble with the teams and that, and we couldn't go anywhere. And I remember there was, like, USC fights on, like, every Friday. So, like, me and my team, a couple of my teammates, we would just go and watch them. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, I'm back what? into this. Like, this is, it, this is the shit. Like, I don't know why I stopped watching. Yeah. And now I'm just – I'm so far down this rabbit hole that I'm – I did all my research about the Gracie family, and I did all yeah. my research. I seen the, the video of uh, Ixon getting ready for his Avaltudo in Love Brazil. It. Love and it. he yeah. whooping people's ass left and right. So I was just like, I got to see what this is about. And so I reached out to John. He was like, yeah, I worked with those guys. I was like, no. I was like, no fucking way. He was like, yeah. So <laughs> And it's crazy. He actually – we're actually going to have a hoist on, I think, sooner than later, actually. He actually that's agreed to come onto the show. So I was just like – that's that's yeah. amazing. So, yeah, man. So talk about talk a little bit about working under those guys and, and learning from the Gracie family because that is to me like you get no better knowledge and they started this whole thing. So it's oh. it's amazing to me. Yeah, hundred percent. My first time ever on the mat taking an official lesson was under Hoist Gracie. He's not going to wow. remember this, but it was Hoist Gracie <laughs> and Horian, nineteen ninety two Waterbury, Connecticut. They'll remember that, I'm sure. Yeah, Waterbury, Waterbury Connecticut. Connecticut Ron Kalowski's school, some Jikundo man, nice guy, and he had them down. We were in some kind of school in like a big gymnasium. Again, nineteen ninety two, before the first UFC, and Horian was doing voices English wasn't he was a little quieter back then it wasn't the best mm -hmm. and uh you know I was 18 years old I did a road trip with my buddy and you know I I remember them talking about the first that they're doing this thing that's going to be on pay-per-view and if you know anybody interested as qualifications and and that they were talking about possibly you know different like maybe putting a a moat with fucking alligators around it. I'm not even bullshitting you. It wasn't originally a, when you think about when they were first talking about the ideas of, it wasn't a, it, it, there was a cage was an idea. There was, I don't know if it was a pit. There was a thing with the alligators. Ask Hoist, ask them this stuff. They didn't bring it up to you. They, were, they did not, they, when they were putting in the, they were thinking about before they came up with the, um, the octagon and who mm -hmm. came up with that was John Milius, the guy who made Conan. Did you know wow, this shit? Really? No. Yeah, this is, I might be all over the place, but this is wild. This is real this is shit. Yeah, John Milius was good friends with um, Horion Gracie. And, uh, and, and Horion's the original, you know, he originated the, he started up the whole UFC. He's the one who, mm -hmm. the creator of it, pretty, pretty yeah, much, yeah, yep. they, who, who started this whole thing up. So uh, they were thinking of the concepts, and that's what he came to them with is this octagon. And it's fucking crazy, man. You know, that's, you crazy. that's that. how it goes. It's just spraying yeah. people so get together and next you know. Yeah. I was alligator with a moat. Yeah. No, no, a, a, a moat with alligators would have been a sight to see. <laughs> I would, I would pay pay per view crazy. money for that. No, I'm for sure. Telling I'm telling yeah, that, you, that, man, that's crazy. I'm, I'm bringing up the voice. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm all this is going up here. I'm, I'm bringing up all this. <laughs> Hey, sure. so, so Matt, when um, I read that you were the first American to get his black belt under Henzo Gracie, is that true? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So what happened was, you know, I did that that lesson with um with, with those guys, and I loved it. And I was like, yo, I, I was thinking about moving to California because they were in Torrance. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then a couple years later, uh, this guy Craig Kukuk. He's the first American to get a black belt from the Gracie family. But then they had like a fallen out, and then they like disowned him. <laughs> but you oh, can't wow. take away the guy's knowledge. You already no, know jiu-jitsu. Sure. So whatever the politics was, I didn't know. But mm -hmm. he teamed up with Henzo Gracie, and they made like a video series. And he was moving to New Jersey doing one day a week in Manhattan in like uh, the village over there. So at a judo club. So I found out where that was. So at like 19 or 20, that's where I was going once a week. Mm -hmm. And, but it was only one day a week. That was the only thing available for jujitsu. Yeah. So I was like jonesing, man. I put some mats in my garage. I was doing some flow drills up and down the mat with my brothers. And I was just, I, I was, I'd do another private lesson eventually. I'd go to Red Bank, New Jersey. So from Long Island to Red Bank is like two and a half hours. It's almost Atlantic Ooh. City, you know? Man, but I would yeah. do that to get an hour private lesson with this guy to learn this thing. It's not like nowadays you could jump on YouTube mm. and pick up a few things as long as it's from the right people. And yeah. you got like all this information overload almost mm -hmm. back then in the 90s nothing maybe two places on the east coast steve maxwell who was still with the, the torrance crew with Horian and hoist and them he was in philly and then this guy craig kukuk you know and so he was henzo's american business partner he ended up getting three days a week eventually and then 
Hanzo Muzo moves to, 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 do, uh, to Manhattan, I think, in 1996, which was another, whatever, a couple of years later. I was a blue belt by then under Craig. And they had a Gracie Kukuk Academy on 27th Street in Manhattan. And uh, they had that for a few years. And again, that was my, basically my college, man. I would do all yeah. night security at night, 12 to 8 in the morning, shitty clip on tie and a thing of the size of a phone <laughs> booth outside the SD Law to make a building. And I... It was horrible. And I would sleep a little when I could, jump on the train in the afternoon, train in the city, go back, go in the booth. So Henzo Gracie, Master Henzo, who's like family to me, saw me, you know, I was, he saw, you know, I was, I was one of his top guys, you know, because, you know, I was putting a lot of time into it, but he noticed I was like, not, I was breathing a little heavy. I was getting tired and he was giving me shit. And I was just telling him, dude, I have hands. I'm just tired, man. I'm tired. I'm not sleeping well. I mean, I'm in a fucking booth. I go, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm almost snapping, you know, I'm losing it. And when you don't, and I'm telling you right now, I don't know how these guys do it. You're not meant to stay up all night. You're not, you're not we're not nocturnal animals, man. I was thought I was oh, losing my mind. So, so this is why I love Henzo, man. So that was one, I, you know, so I was, I was basically just venting to him and he goes, man, he goes, fuck that job. This is, this is your job. He goes, come here, get out of there. You work for me. Have you teach some classes, maybe clean the Great bathrooms. Advice. Dude, Great the next advice. day I fucking went to the, 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 the what it was, a super pharmacy in there and yeah. in the city. And I got all the supplies and I put the rubber gloves on happiest dude ever with my key pants on scrubbing the toilets. I didn't give a <laughs> shit. And then that, that was my life ever since, you know, I, Henzo gave dope. me that opportunity. He took me to Japan to corner him as a purple belt. No, you know, That's this awesome. is, he's a big thing. So yeah, Henzo, sure. I can't say enough about, you know, That's amazing. Me under his wing, you know? Okay. Well, as we saw kind of an uh, earlier question or a different question, how were the early years in the UFC? Because now, I mean, when you look at it now, like the UFC is this multi-billion dollar corporation and it's fight nights in Abu Dhabi and it's yeah. this and that. And people were getting these crazy bonuses. And fight Island. Put up yeah, Island. But I remember. I just got back like, from there, man. Hey. It's nice, right? Yeah, it's probably a nice little vacay. It's a perfect place to, to fight during a, a pandemic. But Yeah, man. I mean, I know it's it's grown so much, but how are yeah. the earlier days? Because when you see the earlier days, I'm, I used to watch videos of the earlier days where the fences breaking, people are going through yeah. the fences, all types of different you know, sponsors everywhere. Crazy. It's weird. I didn't fight in the old SEG days. SEG mm -hmm. was it? The Bob Mar Marowitz and those. I didn't fight in those days. I yeah. my first, I was like the second event that Zufa took over with Dana, Lorenzo, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Frank, the Fatita brothers. Uh, so I was, my first fight was 2001 and it was uh, UFC 31 okay, for yeah. Shoney Carter. Okay. You know? So, you know, that was my very first fight in Atlantic City and uh, I lost by spinning back fist and it became a... Uh, they all took it back. They didn't have, if they had going viral back then, it was, yeah, the that was that, it. you know, good thing they didn't have social media. It still Man. pops up, you know, some, some oh, prick fan that wants to take a shot at me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it was so funny, man, because this is such a, it's such a, it's such a game of inches, you know, and, uh, if you ever want to watch that fight on Fight Pass, it's a fun fight. I mean, yeah. I oh, was yeah. fresh off of, it's weird. It's very strange. My whole personal journey with fighting and MMA and, and, and because um, it, it, at the time, I had to, listen, I went from a street fighting kid to developing this um, philosophy when the beginning, especially with jujitsu, was don't exchange, never exchange. Close that distance, get the fight to the floor, take care of business. That became my philosophy because that was the Gracie way, you know? But the sport evolved, yeah. you know what I mean? The sport was evolving. And it wasn't that easy anymore. It wasn't UFC number one. It wasn't UFC number fucking 20-something. Now, everybody in there is at least a blue belt. At least the guy that, even if you roll with that guy for half an hour, you could tap him like a typewriter maybe after 15 minutes, he may be able to fight you off with shorts on. You're slippery for five minutes. Plus, jujitsu in the street, it's, it's different than it is like, if you guys are just together and somebody breaks into your house or you're in a warehouse dropped off with somebody and it's just you guys and one guy can leave, one guy can't, that type of thing, phenomenal. But when you're in a, a cage, when you're in an MMA match and, and you got, it's like speed chess, you can't be as patient yeah. as you 
Yeah. It's all of a sudden people start to believe it or not. You can mm-hmm. have a, a uppity raft being like, hey, you know, you know, you gotta so it's like fight. you can't be as patient. You know what I mean? So so with my personal journey, I had to go from street fighting mentality to uh, get rid of that, adapt this mentality of just being a straight up jujitsu man, getting the fight to the floor, do not exchange, and then have to relearn to actually trust in my, my coach Ray Longo and be like, look, man. The sport is changing. You have to evolve with it. And if I did not evolve, thank God I'm blessed with heavy hands. If I did not evolve, uh, you know, I'm not taking out GSP. I'm not knocking out Frank mm-hmm. Trick. You know, so that's hey. another question. So, so you've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu pretty much. You know, it sounds like you're pretty much your whole life now. Yes. But so when you started doing that, did like when did the stand-up come in? Because I know with jiu-jitsu, it's all about getting to the ground and, and moving. It's like a it's like a chess it's like a chess game. It's, it's just oh, really it's a lot so going on. So, so like right now, even for me learning, I'm just trying to get like the defense tactics and just trying to understand like what moves. Because once you get the moves, it's all about seeing it and you know just seeing the situation or seeing the, how you're moving and reading it. So for yeah. me, this is all like completely alien foreign like i can't it's hard for me to wrap my head around it so i was just yeah. like okay let me learn some stand-up because i know the stand-up would probably come a little easier yeah. but did you do you learn those together or did you learn one before the other you know i mean it's weird like <laughs> i actually at 18 before i ever fought mma or anything i fought a tough man contest in manhattan at an old club called the palladium the referee was the mr t you know mr t is <laughs> yes of course mr coverland that's my that's, that's who t. i remember him at. Yeah. He, was the ref- he was the referee yeah. Yeah. he had the gold and chains on what's that yeah he, the- i don't know if he had him then but he was the, <laughs> he was there he was he was uh that's he was hysterical awesome. but uh this is when I was 18 years old. So I knocked out a couple of guys and I never sparred a day in my life. My buddy, my old friend, Jim McCluskey, he was a pro boxer. He came with me and he goes, look, it was all heavyweights, 175 and up. And I just made the weight. I, I just made the weight limit. I waited in my weight clothes on. It was all big dudes. And I never sparred a day in my life back then. So, I mean, but I used to, I was a street fighting kid, you know? So mm-hmm. my buddy goes, look, just stand like this, you're less of a target. That's all my fucking, I never spotted. So that's very much the advice I had. So I went in there kind of like feral and uh, I even got a clip of it. I found it in my garage the other day. It was an old uh, VHS tape. It was on um, Entertainment Tonight. You see Mary, Mary Tyler Moore, whatever her name is like, who was the yeah. chick? Was the fucking, I don't know, but she was like raising her eyebrows. But anyway, I had a mohawk. I, I knocked two guys out and I got, I got stopped in the last round. So I knew, like I knew how to somewhat like, like hurt yeah. people's throat. Like, yeah. I, I knew I had some power in there before mm-hmm. I had to actually let that go. And again, adapt to jujitsu philosophy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Also not to gross you guys out. Cause I always do when I do this, uh, in that I got fucked up more in that tough man contest than any of my, all my, than any of my fights in the UFC. Really? I mean, yeah. the so UFC, I enough, I'm no, guessing. no cuts. I mean, in yeah. the, in this, in the other one, but more of a concussion. I had, I was definitely concussed after yeah. that fucking tough man. You don't supposed to be fighting three guys, heavyweights no, in an hour. And, it was fucking, it was, it was shady as fuck. But anyway, my last one, I had my mouth open and uh, the, I, I got hit with my mouth open. It didn't break my jaw. They said it wasn't broken, but I, when I went to bite, it was misaligned. So to this day. Oh my God. No way, shit? bro. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds weird, right? So that's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was bad news. So, but, you know, but Ray Longo, who I brought up earlier, he's my, uh, you know, he's, he's my striking coach and, and one of my closest friends. I would, he, he also is like my conditioning coach. Everybody nowadays has, he's like an old school, like trainer. Like he was, you know, had kickboxing champions before this. And, and uh, he's a Jeet Kune Do guy. You ever hear Ray Longo, Chris Weidman's trainer? Yep. Punch a hole in his fucking chest. That yep. guy who gave that advice to Chris wow. Weidman when he took out Anderson Silva. Yep. You guys got to talk to him if you want to talk to somebody. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, sure. he's a character. But uh, he would always, you know, like when I, when, I, when I told you earlier when I was training in uh, Craig Kukux, uh, we only had three days a week available to us. So that guy, Ray Longo, who became my trainer eventually, I met him down there. I seen him down there. I met him earlier when I, at another time, another when I visited his school and whatnot. But uh, he gave me the, he's such a nice guy. He gave me the key to his Jukundo school 
to get some extra mat time in. You know what I mean? So that's how I became friends with him. And then because he was such, I was so engulfed in the jujitsu, I didn't even give a fuck about the stand-up. But he would be like, yo, listen, you should do the time pads. It, it helps your endurance. There's nothing like the endurance with the time pads. And I would be doing stuff like that. Next thing you know, he was like getting me, I was, I was my conditioning with him. He would get me, he would be me running hills and doing these, the, the, the tie pads and the bot and I, and it was helping my jujitsu. I was, yeah. I was going to Brazil and I was competing versus these Brazilians in the Pan Ams and I was burning these guys out because the technique was right there. And then I was just, I had more because of the, in, the training I had with this guy, Ray Longo. And a lot of it was from the tie pad. So I was starting to really mm-hmm. enjoy the striking. You know what I mean? So, so it all came together to be involved with that, you know? Hey, back to your street fights. Were you fucking people up with jujitsu in your street fights? You know, towards the, towards the end of my street <laughs> fighting career, you know, I had a couple of fights. Um, you know, you know, I got into some fights in high school and stuff, and that's yeah, normal. But for sure. um, as far as with jujitsu, there was a couple of like, you know. Did you have to use it? A couple of times, yes. I had to I, – I, I, Put it uh, on. I had to take a few guys out and like a house party or whatnot. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's very, you know, you know, you're a kid, you know, yeah, but, uh, yeah, uh, sure. you know, mount, put a guy to sleep and, and whatnot. Yep. You know what I mean? You know, but, um, yeah, I, I, would, use, <laughs> yeah. I would use my jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were pulling out listen, people. I, you yeah. know, I wasn't a punk looking at, I was never really a punk, but I, I'd be, I'd be a, a quick guy to, 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 you know, Defend yourself, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah, to, for to, sure, to, to for throw sure. Throw down, to stick up for somebody, that kind of thing. Hey, you know. So, yeah. so you talked about it earlier. Um, the GSP. I know that's one of your biggest fights of your career, and I, I was rewatching it. It's electric, obviously. I mean, take us through that just whole day, that whole event, like yeah. the feelings with that. Yeah. No. You know what? Um, no, that was great. Listen, that was that was my Rocky movie. You know, I'm I'm not a delusional guy. That was a that was I knew why people were rooting against me. And mm-hmm. what we were just talking about about developing like the stand up and when did you switch to that? My besides the Carol Parisian fight, which I had to work around, um, I couldn't really no excuses. I had a, a meniscus thing where it affected my feet the floor, so I couldn't do. Mm-hmm takedowns and whatnot. I practiced some jujitsu, but I couldn't do when I, normally when I'm we're sparring, you try to mimic the fight as much as possible. Yeah. So when it gets close, even though you mix up your days or just stand up and whatnot, and you know, uh, but you want to have the feet to the floor. Like in other words, uh, mimic the fight. I do it with 16 mm-hmm. ounce gloves. You strike, you punch, you take down. The takedown thing was a problem because of my knee. It's a weird thing. It helped me in, in hindsight, the best thing that ever happened to me. I did so much boxing for that fight and i ended up losing that fight i got gassed out almost knocked him out in the opening round opening seconds Mm, i rolled i came back almost almost laid him out he weathered it and he's the type of guy that didn't get tired i got tired in that one and i i shot my wad i made it through thank god for some arm lock escapes and some uh my jujitsu served me in that fight especially defensively because mm-hmm. I didn't have to say uncle, which I'm very proud of. And, uh, but I was exhausted and I learned some valuable things from that fight. Why the fuck did I bring that up? <laughs> bring me guys, bring me back. My agent. I think GSP. you're talking about stand up. You're talking yes. about the stand up with GSP. Fight GSP yep. So, so this is the thing. My every fight besides that fight with Carol, where I was kind of forced to do my stand up, I would always have the same goal. And the goal is you could, you know, you could mix it up a little bit, but your goal is to get them down. Because I know most guys, I'd be on a different level on the floor with them. But the problem is when I was going to fight GSP. So that was my, was my philosophy. Even when I fought in tough, I kind of fought like that. I didn't really trust in my power the way I did, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid or in that tough man. Context. I never did. I'd always, I still have my yeah. back of mind, that philosophy of never trade because you could get caught and whatnot. I had to get rid of that, that mentality. You know what I mean? And Longo really beat it into my head for that, that GSP fight where he's like, look, look at you, what you're doing with 16 ounce gloves to some of these guys. And you know, this one, I mean, not the, it's not really bragging. It is what it is. I, I broke my, my one buddy's jaw with a 16 ounce gloves over at Henzo's in Manhattan, my Canadian buddy. And uh, that's what a 16 ounce gloves. And I also, I, and, and you know, and, and I, I've had some good days with 16 ounce gloves on where Joe, he's like, what do you think's going to happen? 
if you hit George's head with this, the same shot you hit Dan with tonight? What do you think's going to fucking happen? What is this guy, superhuman? You're going to fucking lay him out. And the shit he's throwing at you, you're, you're seeing it. Because he had the guys mimic some of That's why when you see George throwing mm-hmm. the stuff, it was fucking some really shit. Because I felt like I seen it. And it wasn't slow. It was just reaction. Because we had the fight set. And then it got pushed back because he got hurt. So it was almost like I had six months to have guys mimic stuff throwing at me. So he's throwing a kick. My leg's coming up. I'm blocking. I'm I'm coming yeah. back. And it just That's felt so reactionary. It, it felt so reactionary. Yeah. It felt reactionary. It did not feel – I felt like a good day of sparring is what it felt like, yeah. actually. Yeah. You know what I mean? I So it felt great. But, um, you know, leading into it, because I had that 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 background of getting the fight to the floor, I understand why guys were like, hey, you know, this guy has no shot. Because better because I looked at that fight with George and I'm like, all right, you got guys not necessarily not necessarily better fighters than myself, because you know, I take pride in my skills, but let's look at guys like Matt Hughes, Sean Shirk, Frank Trigg, Mayhem Miller. Realistically, they're all probably better straight up wrestlers than me for getting the fight to the floor. None of them had success with GSP on getting that fight to the floor. Yeah. So why the fuck should I think I would have success with that? Mm-hmm. I'd ha- if I did not have the trust in my hands for that, then you know. And I and it was almost like an ace up my sleeve because he felt I wasn't a threat at all up there because that was never my my game plan really to stand mm-hmm. up. You know, uh, the Frank Trick fight came later. I always like to bring that shit up because that. Yeah. Guy- <laughs> What'd you do after the fight? Well, what do you do after the fight? After you win a title, like what? what what'd you do? Yeah, like what? Like what's the first thing you do? You just yeah. kick it with the belt all day. You just don't let <laughs> you take it off. What's funny with that? We were in Texas, and uh, no after party, nothing like that. Damn. I mean, listen, I don't even. It, you're so. I knew it was something. Like that thing, I'm listen. People still bringing that shit. <laughs> I'm 46. That happened when I was 32. That's the you know why it's partly because GSP is such an amazing fighter. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And uh, you know he's never lost since. And the stuff he's done is just amazing. He's a true like that's a true fucking one of the best. You know mm-hmm. I listen that I don't I have no delusions. That's phenomenal. I had my Rocky movie. I had my best oh, night. Yeah. With the best guy. I'm okay with that. You know, the rematch, he beat me up. It's all good. It's all good. But uh, I love George. George is actually a great, great guy. You know? Yeah, for sure. So, for sure. You know, uh, it was just a great day in the office, you know. That's okay, I got, a, I got a question. Yes. Hit me. <clears throat> all right. Who's your today? Who's one of your favorite fighters today? And who do you see is going to be like a real problem down the line? Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling? I'm very biased to my guys because I'm very close with them. But that's not the point. Mm -hmm. Aljo, Aljo's fighting. Are you familiar with Aljo Sterling? No, no, no. Oh, my God, the funk master. Terrence, you're going to go back to this, and you're going to say, holy fuck, man. man, I will. You're going to say, my bad. (laughs) I want you to look him up. I'm sure you have fight pass, right? Yeah, I got it. Look up Aljamain Sterling, Aljo Sterling, the funk master. Look him up after mm-hmm. this. Got it. And dude, he's a great interview, too. You'd love to have him on. I'm telling I'm trusting me. And uh, he's fighting Peter Yan. Yep. For the, um, okay. for the 135 pound title. And uh, that's going to be December 12th. You know December what I mean? 12th. So we'll watch I that. feel you're going to be looking at a new champion. And yeah. I don't, did you see Corey Sanhagen's last fight? I did. I did. I did. That was. I was surprised. Um, I wasn't surprised, but I, it, was, it was a really, really good fight. He dominated you know, that fight. And now listen, this, this doesn't mean he'd do this 10 out of 10 times, but mm-hmm. I love I, – I think Corey – Corey's fight before that was versus Aljo. Yeah, okay. And, Al, and, and Aljo made it look – made it – we were ready for a war because that's how high in regard we hold Corey Sanhagen. He's a stud. Mm-hmm. What he did to Marlon, he did to a lot of people. He's the guy's yeah. a stud. Aljo took him close, took him down, took his back, and strangled him unconscious. That's why he's fighting for the title. So I want you to watch that fight, Terrence. You got I'm my number. Text me. I want you to text me. I'm gonna, be, you watch I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be. Trust me. I I watched every week for the last like three weeks. I've been watching every single car every single week. I've been talking yeah. to everybody. I'm like, yo, I'm back into this shit. Like, I'm diving he, in. This guy is, and he's got the, he's got the, he's funny as hell. He does these, he's, he's great. Al, I can't say enough about Aljo. I'm yeah. so, I, I listen, I'm, I'm, and I also just got the word yesterday that he's fighting for the title. So I'm overjoyed. You're, you're jacked. You're jacked. Right I'm right jacked right. up. I'm jacked. I feel you. 
Yeah, and his buddy. And we also have one of his main training partners, Marab. God damn, I wish I could pronounce his last name. Dev Devilasvili. I'm gonna fucking kill it. He's a Georgian fighter. Okay, I, okay. Lo- he's a he just beat um he just beat Dotson. Um, you know Dotson. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, Dotson was yeah. uh, amazing. Um, and he's you know he's the one who runs and does the cartwheels with the cage, and he just oh, beat yeah, Dotson okay. the way nobody beat Dotson, and. Uh, He's just an unbelievable fighter as well. And again, we all, you know, Ally Aquita, Ally Aquita, Chris Weidman. I just, my guys, I'm all about my guys, you know. But as far as up and comers, you know, that guy, that dude comes at, looks like a badass, you know. That was, I was going to ask you about, like, I've seen, I've seen some guys, like, you see, like, the superstars come in, they dominate, but this guy is, like, almost not even playing, like, it's, he's not, it's like he's, the way he's fighting people is like he's going, he rushes, he picks you up, he takes you to his corner, and then he just yeah. gets that form out, and then it's just bad. This it is what I'm going to say. Sense. This is what I'm going to say. I'm a fan. I like his attitude. I want to smash everybody like the Hulk. He's fucking hysterical. I want to – and, and I was – I was ex, I don't want to say expecting more from Gerald. I love Gerald Murshot. Yep. Gerald Murshot's a stud. But, you know – he got caught. He, he went in there and he got in, and, and Kamzat got him. So credit to Kamzat. And he took him out early. So you can't really say, ah, oh, man, yeah. but, but he, I, he's yet to really be tested. tested. Like, I, I mean, I want to see him go. Yeah. I, I mean, and Gerald, I thought, was a guy that maybe could test him. But he got him in the opening fucking punch. Like, you know, so it's, I still want to see the other two guys we never heard of. No offense. The guys yeah. that he took out. Yep. No, no, I yeah. was in the pool with that guy earlier in Abu Dhabi. I was there for that first yeah. fight. And uh, I was there live for that thing. And one guy was going to be, uh, and, and one guy had no ground game. And the other guy was unknown. And so I'm just saying, so Gerald was the first test, but he got taken out with the first punch. I need to see more. And I'm Boy. sure I'm going to. So yeah, definitely no, not see, shitting see, on him. No, no, for sure. And I see him, you know, shot like challenging guys who are ranked. And I, I know a lot of guys don't want to do that just because, I mean, yeah, he really hasn't really, I mean, no, he hasn't been tested. He hasn't really been proven, but like, what, where does he go from here? Like, what does he do? He's going to have to take some more like smaller fights before he gets there. But like, how fast do you think he could actually be fighting for a belt? I think it depends on who he takes out next. I mean, he's, uh, He's making quite the splash. Dana seems to be very high on him saying, man, he's never oh, yeah. seen a guy he like him. And, and rightfully so. Listen, the guy's got the right attitude. I love the guy's I, yeah. you know, I see the oh, clip of him. God. He's like, he's so I see the, oh, man. First of all, he's hysterical in his own way because mm-hmm. he's, he's shit-talking with Gerald. Uh, I saw the, pre- the press conference, and he's going to yeah. him, and he's like snickering. He's like snickering to himself. He's like, <laughs> he's like you like um, – Oh, like Connor's friend, Autumn Loboff. Ah, he's like laughing at the fucking. It's a hyster- It is hysterical. Yeah, I do like him. Yeah, he's fun. He's a funny oh, guy. I can tell because he chuckles. He says like these little things under his breath. He just plays it off. But I mean, you gotta talk your shit. Like, and I think Darren Till or well, his name's yeah. Darren Till, right? He was shouting him or he was calling him out. I would love to see that. I would fucking love to see it. I mean, because nobody, I mean, there's yeah. other people calling him out, but I feel like that would be the fight for me to, to see. And if he can get past him, then he's a real fucking problem. He's a real fucking problem. Everybody keeps talking to me about this guy. And I'm like, he's had three fights in 60 days. Like, okay. And then seeing the actual fights were like, yeah. oh, fuck. Like, this guy, I was just super shocked. But he's the real deal, man. You know, these guys come from yeah. a different. Different way of life over there. Different way. I remember, man. and also in the press conference, I remember hearing him saying, like, uh, you know, three, five minutes, three, five, 15 minutes, I, I could fight for an hour in the streets. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? What, is, what are they doing? <laughs> What's going on in these <laughs> he, fucking mountains of Dagestan or wherever he's from? He's from Dagestan? Is he in oh, yeah. Dagestan? Uh, I'm not sure. He's from somewhere where they're wrestling bears and caves so, yeah, and exactly. fucking tapping them out because they're doing unreal shit in the ring exactly. right now. It doesn't make sense. Hey man, True. speaking of another hey. fight, speaking of another fight that just got announced, what about the Connor Dustin Poirier fight? What do you think of that? Is it official? I don't know. I, I just he, I, I thought Connor that, that, agreed to it, which could mean anything in the next two weeks. Like I don't know until there's like David comes out and say, yeah, it's confirmed. You know, we got a contract. That's when I'm gonna. I'm not gonna yeah. jump into this because just two weeks ago he's talking about yeah. fighting Manny Pacquiao. So I I'm I would love to see Connor back in the ring. That would be it would be I, a show. I like, would hmm. be the thing is this like. 
he knows what he's getting out of Dustin as far as standing up. I would give him all the credit in the world to take that fight because, you know, Dustin is is a, is a, not an easy fight for anybody, and it's going to be hard to outdo what he did last time. So where mm-hmm. really is the upside? The one thing I do notice, and I saw Dana said this, and I was actually talking to us about him with him, with him one time when we were over there with Dana and uh, in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> when guys seem to be getting a lot of attention. Fucking the other guys, the Connors was shooting out some tweets that he's going to box Manny. And he was doing this when Izzy was getting a lot of, Israel Adesanya was getting a lot of uh, attention with the with the standout with Costa oh, yeah, and yeah, trending yeah. well. I heard he was doing it's that. It's almost like he gets a little, like, like jealous or something. He wants yeah. to, you can't, like, it's weird, man. Like, listen, I you mean, can have all the money in the world, but I think this guy likes the spotlight more than anything. Very true. You know? That's very true. He's a showman, bro. That that's that's what sells Connor. He's gonna put on a show regardless if it's gonna be over the top or whatever. He's gonna put on a show. And I think people really like that because then it just adds fuel to that fire. But yeah, I, I did notice that it for the last especially there's been a ton of big fights in the last like month or so. So he's been kinda of a little more active lately and I'm just like, yeah. I get it, bro. Like you're you when you fight Floyd, you're probably gonna get the craziest attention you've ever had ever and I mean, it's yeah. I can see why he would want to do that, but I mean, I just want to see him show up. Yeah, just show up, and I'll be happy. Because I mean, Dust, Dustin, shit, listen, I would love, I would love that for Dustin, that man. December, I want, but we'll see. Yeah, I want Dustin to get that payday, so yeah, I would love that yeah, for definitely. Dustin. You know, and I want him to win too. I like Connor, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, fuck it, man. I want Dustin to win. Yeah, oh, for me sure. too, for bro. sure, for sure. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what does, else, guys? What else? We do, got? Do, does anyone remind you of, of yourself in, in the fighting? In the fighting today, do you see anybody um, like that? No, that that not really. I mean, I think everybody's got their own unique style, you know, and things evolve. And that's a cool thing about UFC, also, is that it's everyone is is different in a way. It's hard to be. Yeah. It's hard to be the same. I mean, I know it's in every sport, but it really stands out in UFC. I think to me. Yeah, I mean. You know, you'll see things here and there where you're like, oh, I like, but, you know, nah, I think everybody's got their own little unique style, you know, that's what's so great about this thing. I'll tell you, not only, you know, I'm a lucky dude to still be even relevant. Like I do, I don't know if you guys watch, but uh, I'll give it a plug on here. It does well on YouTube. It's called Dana White looking for a fight. And there's also Dana White looking forward to a fight. That's what I was just doing in Fight Island. And it's myself, Dana White. And my buddy, Dean Thomas, who uh, I actually fought back in the day. You guys, have you ever heard? Of, hold on. Did you guys ever hear it? Wait, wait, hold on. Um, don't say nothing yet. Don't, don't even pretend like I want to film this. Because, okay, uh, okay. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me shut my, oh. let me shut my thing up. Hold on. Let me shut my, my why do I have the, uh, do I have, you guys, can, can you guys the see flashlight, this? I have yeah. to shut the fucking light yeah, off. Yeah, I was like, is that Why do lighter? I have the light off? No, we have to do this. I got to ask you guys yeah, something. I have, oh, yeah. I'm shutting the thing off. Okay. Got it. Great. All right. I'm on. Ready? Is it recording? It's recording. Yep, All right. Terrence Potsy. Have you guys ever heard of Dean Thomas? Never. No. <laughs> Not once. We, we feel young. We must be young. Dean, you motherfucker. Oh, okay. Listen, Dean Thomas is a buddy of mine. He's on the show with me. Uh, that was fuck you guys. I'm just a prick, guys. I'm just a bitch. I was like, eh. listen, Dean Thomas, he's, uh, he's he was a coach over at American Top Team. Uh, he's a former fighter, stud, stud guy. He's, he's also a funny guy. He, he does the show with myself and Dana White. And the show is, did you ever hear of the show? No, it's okay if you didn't. Mm. All right, it's called Dana White looking for a fight. It's awesome, dude. It's getting like million, two million views on on YouTube. It's nice. myself and the crew, the guys that I said. We go around to what it was, the original thing. We've been doing it for the last five years. We go around to uh, different states, even countries. We went over to Mexico, and we look for upcoming fighters. And when we're in that state or country, whatever it is, we do some wacky shit. Like we did in Texas, we uh, we rode bulls, literally. Hey. In Alaska, we did the dog sledding. Yep. In L.A., we went to the, uh, the Laugh Factory. We did stand-up comedy. You oh. like this shit, man. I'm telling you. And you'll That's see some guys in the UFC For sure. I'm checking that it out. we found on the show. That's so now, wow. it's, such a, it's such a fucking blast, man. And so that's why I was just in Fight Island shooting the show. And uh, we did pearl diving. It was Michael Bisping was on that show. So yeah. if you guys get a chance, Damn. you and, and your audience, yeah. uh, check it out, man, because you, you'll dig it. So, so anyway, like I was saying, man, I started fighting in 2001. Fight. 
I'm still lucky to fucking to be relevant somehow. So I'm doing the show with Jimmy Norton, the UFC Unfiltered. Yep. And uh, we do this other thing, like I just told you. And now that there's no fights going on, it's a weird time. We do looking forward to a fight. Dana White looking forward to a fight. Mm. So we like kind of gas up with me. Like we went to Abu Dhabi just now, Yaz Island, Fight Fight Island. And, uh, you know, we, we, we did them different stuff there. Like the mi- cooked Middle Eastern food. And and uh, like I said earlier, pearl jo- diving. And we did, I don't know if you guys ever seen those things with the, uh, it's the world's biggest one. Um Air uh, skydiving, in, in, indoor oh. skydiving, like oh. the fucking the oh, indoor oh, I, uh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. or I sky. Yeah. Oh, dude, so <laughs> freaky, man. I did that with Bisping, and he was flipping out on that. <laughs> it's such a good show. <laughs> Check like it out, nuts. man. You'll dig I'm it. Hey, yeah. for sure, talk, for sure. Talk about working with Jim Norton. I, he's a character, and I, I just want to know how it is working him. with him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I was doing the episode of Looking for a Fight, um, and we were in the woods. Me and Dana, I had to spend the night in the tent with Dana. Who, yeah, I told Dana, we have some life experiences, me and Dana. Like, so this episode, we were out in the woods, right? And uh, so we're bullshitting. And he goes, look, I'm looking to do a podcast for the UFC. And uh, I, want you to, I, want you to, I want you to do it. I'm like, and at the time, you know, my schools are going well. We were doing the show a little bit more often. And I'm like, I don't want to really complicate things. This is a nice retired life for me from the fighting. I got my, because I got, you know, I have my jujitsu schools, well, school now since COVID, this mm-hmm. motherfucker. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, that's what I do forever. I've been teaching jujitsu and it's what I like to do, you know? So I got that. And then I got the show. I don't want to really put anything else on my plate. I'm kind of a relaxed guy. And he goes, look, give it a try. And, uh, you know, if you don't like it, you don't like it. So he said that I was going to be, you know, if I, knew Jimmy, you know, he brought up Jim Norton. And that's what, that's what really got me kind of like into it. Like, I'm like, uh, I go, I met Jimmy because I did the old Opie and Anthony show. You ever hear that? I'm yeah, sure. I have. I have. Yeah, it's a popular radio show from back yep. in the day. So I met him there because I did that when I used to promote fights for when I was fighting. I'd stop in the city and I did the show and I met him a few times. And he was always such a good dude. And uh, I go, man, I'll give it a try, you know? So now here we are, like five years later, six years, whatever, four years later. We're having a great time, though, man. I, I, I really, Jimmy's one of my, like, like Jimmy's such a genuine dude. I really just love that dude. And we're super close. And I'll tell you, man, I hope we do that forever, that fucking show. Because I have such a good time with that guy, you know? Yeah. That's the only thing I miss going to the city, because I miss seeing the guy. You oh, know? yeah. I see him, but... Yeah, don't get yeah. me wrong. This is actually fucking cool too. Yeah, that is a dope ass green screen. <laughs> it's hard to see anybody in 2020, right, man? It's, yeah, this whole man. pandemic is keeping everybody separate. It's Dude, annoying, tell bro. Tell me about it. I man. hate it right now. Hey, so me, 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 and Terrence have been having this debate. He asked me a couple weeks ago, who obviously it'll be different for us than it is for you, but who is the greatest fighter in your opinion of all time? Greatest fighter of all time to you. There's a difference too because greatest is different from the best. Yeah, it's like the greatest career or like the you know best overall, not the best, but the greatest overall career. See, I don't. I it's 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 strange. It's I mean, like uh, Demetrius Johnson. You gotta say he's up there. He was phenomenal. Mighty Mouse, Mighty Mouse. Yeah. You know, uh, Saint uh, George Saint Pierre. You gotta. I mean, you know what's weird now? You gotta say George is up there. GSP is up there. If not, I mean, I mean, we're talking pound for pound, right? Like yeah, 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 pound for pound. I mean, when you think about what George did, like. He went back and he beat Michael Bisping at, at middleweight. No, and I don't think that was – nobody made that big a deal about that. Like they did. This yeah. is the difference. There's so many fights now that it, things get short-lived. And, and that, was a, mm. that was a fucking amazing – I mean, he, yeah. he knocked him down with a left hook and he strangled him. I mean, and no, who did that? Nobody's done that. So I don't know. He's up there. This I don't know. It's a it's a very rough question. You then, know? I, what, what's your thoughts on John Jones? What's your oh thoughts? shit, man! Of course, John Jones is up there. That's know? what I said. That was what I was like, John. I don't know. Oh man. shit! I'm, I mean, listen. This is the problem yeah, with this question. Shit going on gonna, and off the outside yeah. the ring, but nonetheless, his skit he was crazy. Yeah, he's phenomenal, John yeah. Jones. He John Jones oh, yeah, is phenomenal, man. and uh, fun guy. <laughs> I think it's almost hysterical that he can go and fucking party and then kick the shit out of the oh best fighters on the planet. Man, I saw his, his podcast with Rogan, and my whole mind was blown just by just what he's able to do. Because not nope, 
people can't do that. Like, there's not too many guys that can go out there, have a good time, and then show up and just completely dominate. Like, it's wild. I, I don't know. He, he's a special. He's a special fighter. But I had him up there. I was. I was. My two. I think I said were like GSP and John Jones. So hey, let's, that's, we'll a, that's a good two. That's a good it two. Is. You know. Awesome. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm up there with that. It's it's rough, man, because I then I'll then I'll think about some more, and I'll be like, yeah, but what you know? It did. Yeah, I'm a fan of them all. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I just definitely. I love that we're having fights every week. You know what I mean? It's I'm growing so that. much, man. It's getting so big. Oh, quick I, too. I fucking you know? love it, man. I love it. There's fights on this weekend. Yeah, I'm watching. Yes, sir. Yeah. Who's the main event? City. I, I just did it. Who's the main event? Brian Ortega. Oh, fuck yeah, and, uh, versus, versus Korean, Korean zombie. zombie. I literally just talked to the Korean zombie he's, yesterday. <laughs> he's so funny. He's a funny guy to me. I don't know why, but he, he seems funny. He's always looking like he's having a good time out there. I'd be watching him on Instagram sparring. So yeah. I'm excited for that fight. I hope T-City wins, but that's going to be a good one. T-City, fourth round submission. Oh, Predict it. Is that don't a bet? stay in the fence. Should I, round? Bet that? Should I bet it? Uh, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. Don't get. Don't bet. Don't. Not on my advice. I just. I, I, I get, on though. this game. I get. I don't. I don't. I'm not a better. But uh, that's what I went with. So okay. Hey, yeah. Okay. This is okay. such a hard game to predict, man. Yeah. Really oh, is. for sure. Anything can happen. You know. You know Any. That's why we watch it because anything could happen, and you really see some beautiful stuff in there, man. Not. It's art. I'm, I'm saying it beautiful is. stuff. I, I, I said way right to Mackenzie Dern. I'm thinking of her arm lock she did. <laughs> it was so beautiful. I love nice, clean jujitsu mm. technique. I love seeing that as much as I've seen any kind of knockout. I love it. You know what I mean? So, hey, man. I, I, just I, I love you guys are fans, more. I'm a fan, man. I watch every week. I love it, man. Love it. Love yeah. it. You know, well, Matt, man, this is awesome. How about you shout out everything you got going? I know you talked about it a little bit, but shout out where people can find you on Instagram. Shout out the shows you got. Yeah, man. Well, Instagram, it's uh, Matt Sarah BJJ on Instagram, and that's it, man. Um, you know, I got I got the UFC Unfiltered podcast with the great Jim Norton, yep. and then I do. <laughs> if you guys want to uh, type into YouTube, Dana White looking for a fight or looking forward on to it. a fight, it's all it's all fun stuff. You know, got it, man. This is awesome. We'll, it, have to, we'll have to have you back on, and we'll talk more yeah, UFC, thank you man. So much, man. You guys are gonna look up Aljo Funkmaster Sterling after this, aren't you? Yep. You're gonna, oh, you're sure. gonna thank me, I, man. I wrote it down. I'm about Terrence, to break out all thank this. Me, man. Hey, man, get up. Hey, if you can connect us hey, with, him, I'm that'd gonna be text awesome. you every every time there's a fight. I'm texting you. He's fighting. Get ready. For the, he's fighting yes, for the title. He's fighting for the title. I'm Let's so go. psyched. You just made me a fan. You just made me a fan. I'm going to send you, when you guys want to talk to him, you let me know. I'll get you, I'll put you in touch. Love it, okay. man. Yes, sir. Yes, awesome, sir. Guys. Appreciate hey, guys, you so much for this. Thanks for having me, man. Good yes, luck sir. with this thing. All yep. right. Yes, North. Talk yes, to you soon. Take care, guys. Yep. All my best. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good morning, good evening, good night. Yeah. Welcome to the show. What a wonderful delight. Uh. Yeah. Potsy and T-Rods. Better chop up on the mic. Just sit back, have a laugh, catch a vibe, and enjoy the ride.